Kirsten. We've served in church leadership for over two decades. And most of that, we've been on staff together. We're here to talk about our faith, family, and ministry. Welcome to Under the Hood. How about that ice storm? That was crazy. I don't know where you guys all live, but we had massive loads of ice falling from the sky. All last week. We couldn't do a podcast. That's right. So if uh, any of you were wondering, like, did we miss a week? You You didn't. You didn't miss anything. We We missed. We couldn't get to the studio. Our really, really fine. Our high tech, high tech, high dollar (laughs) studio, i.e. my office. Honestly, I mean, I I grew up in Chicago. I'm going to say it again. I don't remember us shutting school down for a full week ever. And last week we shut down a full week of school because of, it wasn't even snow. We can't even call it a snow day. It was like an ice day. It was a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I didn't go out and measure, but we had two or three inches of ice easy in our driveway. It was thick. But it, there's that still ice. Stop you from getting out on Monday. No, there's morning. still ice on our driveway right now. Yeah, it's not all gone. I was sweeping leaves off the ice. <laughs> your dad, your parents were with us for a few days. They kind of got stuck here because of the weather, and so um, well, we got stuck here because their car broke down. Well, yeah, but then they then, then they hit the fix. weather. It was the it was the yeah, and then weather. It was the perfect storm. It was the perfect storm. <laughs> anyway, so I That's I was able to get out and about a little bit, and I came back to the house, and there was a little patch cleared. And obviously your dad had done it. And I said, I said, Hey, Ken, were you out there uh, shoveling some snow? He goes, no, I was breaking ice. (laughs) (laughs) He was stir crazy. He was got to do something, but But it was, it was crazy. Um, we were coming home Sunday night. Um, I, uh, Brock and I got to go to the AFC championship game at Arrowhead. Oh, we can do a whole podcast (laughs) on how amazing that night was, but we're coming home and we get around Nevada, Missouri, um, which if you're not familiar with this area, that's probably what an hour and a half, hour and a half, two hours North of where we are. Southwest Missouri, Southwest Missouri, you know, 45 minutes North of Joplin. Anyway, we come along a wreck on the road. There was a car that was overturned. The, the police or nobody was even out there yet, but there was a lot of people standing around and, and so we drove past it slow and looked like everything, like they didn't know if there was any injuries or not, but no reason for us to stop. There was plenty of people. So we kept going. And my thought at the time was, well, it's midnight. It's late at night. Somebody probably fell asleep at the wheel and lost control. I never, I wasn't even thinking about weather and um, it didn't even register because people were texting me saying, Hey, be careful coming home. Roads could be slick. It just, nothing was registering in me. I was like, ah, whatever. We just won. Kansas city just won the AFC championship. We were <laughs> celebrating. Go wrong. So about five minutes after we passed this wreck, we're cruising about 75 miles an hour down the highway Ooh. and the back end of the truck went out from under us and we fishtailed six times. Once to the right, back to the left, back to the right. And, and the guy that I was with driving, I mean, it was like NASCAR. He was like a pro straight face and like nothing like, and I'm, I'm hanging on for dear life and we get through it. We get the truck straightened out again. He looks over, he goes, we should probably slow down. <laughs> Good idea. So from like just South of Nevada to Joplin, we only did about 40 miles an hour. No wonder it took you forever to get home. And then when we got to Joplin, it got worse. So Joplin yeah. to Bella Vista, which normally takes less than an hour. We were crawling at about 30. 
30, 35 miles. And we get across the border. We come down by Jane, Missouri, and it was like 20. It was a crawl. And we get, so we get into Bella Vista and we drive back to my, to get to my house, you have a pretty steep hill to navigate, to get into my neighborhood. And we got stuck on that hill. It's a long drawn out story, but I thought we were going off into the ditch. I told Brock, who was in the back scene, I said, Brock, if we go over the edge, you just hang on for dear life. And it was nothing like, not a life threatening situation. It was about a five foot drop, maybe six foot drop, but it would definitely put us on our side. We would have had to crawl out like Dukes of Hazard, you know, but, but somehow we got within about an inch of that edge and did not go off. And, but you and got out and walked. We eventually got out, left the truck and we walked, I don't know, one very far from the top of the hill to my house, but it's over, it's past two in the morning. It's freezing rain. We're, I mean, we bundled up, we bundled up just like we did for the cold chiefs game, walked home. It wasn't that big a deal. And, um, and then my friend spent the night with me because there's no way he's getting back to his house. Yeah. And and then we just, you just wrote it out. But that was Sunday night. So how was the Chiefs game? It was amazing. <laughs> it was, <laughs> I had never seen anything. Like, we were really close to the field. You could see the faces of the players, their expressions. It was it was absolutely phenomenal. I'm and so glad you guys got that. I don't know if we'll, I don't know awesome. if we'll ever get a chance to go see an AFC championship game at Arrowhead ever again in our lives. Just very, very generous uh, friend of mine who happened to come across some extra tickets and offered them to me and Brock. And we all went up there together and, just had the time of our lives. It was great. So they're going to the Super Bowl. Going to the Super Bowl. And so Again. I so my hardest wardrobe decision for this weekend would be to go with the red Mahomes jersey or the white Mahomes jersey. <laughs> I'm not really sure which one I'm gonna be preaching in, but um I'm it will be a Kansas but City. It will be it will be, it, it will be a Patrick jersey. Mahomes Chiefs jersey. I'm leaning towards the red. I think that's what I'm gonna do. Oh well, you look good in red. Well, thank you. Um but I'm anyway. I'm going to wear Chiefs earrings, but you know, just on Sunday probably. Oh, you should. We're gonna yeah, have a Super Bowl party. I, I actually have a pair of Chiefs earrings. I have very strict rules for the Super Bowl party. We always have a Super Are Bowl you party. Going to wear Chiefs earrings? No, I'm not. Sorry. <laughs> we have uh, we have very strict rules in our house. I know. For when the like, Chiefs are in the we have a, a Super Bowl party, and Joe's like, "All right, here's the rules. <laughs> Only football watchers can be in the living room. Okay. Everybody else can be anywhere else, but." If you're going to come in and have chit chat about non Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl related topics, like, get to the kitchen or the loft. <laughs> that's right. Go outside. Um, Hopefully, no. it'll be nice and they can. I hope so. But what's you your know, favorite uh, snack for Super Bowl? I think it's Smokies. Smokies. Smokies drowned in Wright's barbecue sauce. Hey, shout out to Wright's. Wright's is a local, best, like, yeah, Northwest Arkansas. Best barbecue, barbecue sauce you'll ever get. It really is incredible barbecue and we're from kansas and city we know what we're talking sauce about is amazing and i remember one of the first times we ever went and tried it and we're like wow we're from kansas city we have great barbecue up there and this is really good so smokies with wright's barbecue sauce coming in hot on sunday absolutely so now I, we got to thinking earlier there's a lot of things that happened from our last podcast to this one. For real. I mean, stuff in the world. Like, obviously, the AFC Championship, the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl. That's Spy a big balloon. one. Spy balloon. Spy yes. balloon. Yes. Abby? I remember reading the first time and just being like, what gives? Abby, I want to know something from you. I'm going to put you on the spot here. You ready? Oh, if you were the <laughs> If you were the president of the United States of America... Which I think you'd make a really good one, by the way. Oh, but yeah, because you think really well. Oh. But if you were the president and you heard that a spy balloon or a balloon from China was getting ready to enter our our sovereign airspace, airspace 
what do you do? Immediately. Okay. Take it out. That's right. <laughs> and that's why I could not believe. And one of the my favorite things that I read online was, this is one way that our president could unite everyone immediately and get everybody to get behind him immediately. Take the thing down. It took him three, four, five days. And I I've, mean, it got all the way across. It's like if it was going to do any damage, it's I, already, it's already done. done. You know what I think of My friends in Kansas City are like, oh, we were outside and we saw this like um, balloon. I'm like, what, you're posting about it? How has this thing not no, been I think out? I think the funniest meme I saw was first pictures released from the spy balloon over the United States and it's people from Missouri throwing beer bottles and chucking <laughs> stuff at it. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, pretty funny. You know that's funny. They are out there with their pellet guns and bow and arrows. And I saw I saw another meme that um, I don't know. You, you just come across stuff on Facebook, and you know you've seen if you've seen the movie Braveheart. There's this powerful scene getting ready for battle, and Mel Gibson's you know uh, is going hold, hold, hold now. And so it's a, it was like the first picture is China, Chinese spy balloon over Montana. Hold Chinese. <laughs> Chinese spy balloon over Missouri. Hold. <laughs> Chinese spy balloon completes mission and exits the U.S. Now. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's it's hilarious. This is the oh one. My well, word. <laughs> now that it's spied on every state possible, it knows everything that's going on. They're just testing us, and that's what irritates well, me. Is they're testing our let's, our level. Let's be honest. We're, we're not in the intelligence business. We we now don't this really know. Now is on Chinese radar. No, we really don't know what's going on with that. And we don't know how many spy balloons have ever, which how many have we never even heard about? And, you know, one of our friends who's former military said that, you know, honestly, the fact that it made the news is crazy. It should have been shot okay. down before anybody ever heard of it. Bef- I mean, when it was up over Alaska, taken out, and it would have never made the news. It would have just yeah. been a footnote in some report somewhere. And we'd have never been the wiser. Later, they would have been pulled up. Did you know that we had a spot? Yeah, we took My understanding is, is that it was a news reporter from Montana that first spotted it and, that, and reported about it. And that's how everybody found out about it. Nobody knew it was there till. I think I'm right. I well, could be wrong. that's even scarier then, because where are our people that are supposed to do spy balloons? I want to know how many of these spy balloons are up there. I want to know, like, do they have someone in the administration that's like their title is spy balloon? Is duty? there a whole spy I, balloon technology circuit going around the world? Like, do we have balloons that are spy balloons floating around the world right now? Do we? Uh, the United I States. I thought that they said that it was like an act. Okay, remember back in the news several years ago where this guy flew this like balloon. It was a fake news story, I believe. And he got in all kinds of trouble for it and said that his son was in this balloon and it took off. Do you remember that like whole story? Anyway, I, so I think it was a civilian. I thought it was a civilian Chinese balloon, not like a legit government spy balloon. That was at least the breaking story is that it was a civilian, a Chinese civilian balloon. And that's what I thought it was. I mean, but like, now it, it's changed to like, I mean, no, like third, is, some third grade science yeah, experiment. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. And then I'm like, yeah, they're probably, it's, I was afraid that it was filled with something. So if they were going to explode it over the States, it was going to like open up and harm people. So I was glad to hear that they did do it over the ocean. Sorry, whales. <laughs> but I'm like, but I did. That's kind of what thought went through my, my I was, mind. I was glad to hear that it was an F-22 that took it out, which is the most amazing fighter jet in the Joe sky right now. It's all about airplanes. Oh, he man. 
those. I would have loved to have been underneath that watching that go down. Joe's, I've seen the video of it. Joe's the guy who looks in the sky and goes, oh, look, there's a P-35-7. And I'm like, what's that? <laughs> there is no such thing as a P-35-7. Well, that's what I mean. I don't know. And then he's like, oh, look, there's a J-26-3. And I'm like, how do you know? It's an airplane. An airplane is an airplane. And then he starts naming them. I've always had an interest in military aircraft. I know. Well, I love it. And I don't think a P-36-3 no such is a military grade. I think it would be more like a civilian airplane. At least I would name my airplane a P-36-3 because it sounds cool. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what I, to say. I don't even I leave you speechless. Can I just say something? I've probably said this before, but I'll just say it again. I love this book of the Bible and I love preaching through the book of Exodus. And when we started this series all these months ago, I always knew it was rich with application. And I've, I've read through Exodus many times. I've never preached through Exodus. Mm. But I'm telling you, my, my study time, my just my walk with Jesus has been so enriched going through this um, series. And this text that I just got done preaching on last weekend is one of those examples where in, in Exodus 17, at the end of that, they get the Israelites get attacked by the Amalekites. Mm-hmm. And it's that famous battle where Moses goes up on the hill, Joshua goes out with the men, and they go have this battle. And as long as Moses keeps his arms up in the air mm-hmm. with the staff of God in his hands, mm-hmm. the Israelites were winning the battle. Mm-hmm. But if he let his arms down, they were losing. And so whether God told him that's how it's going to be or Moses just figured it out, as long as we keep the staff of God raised high, then they were going to win. And and so I asked the question, how does somebody keep their arms raised all day long? I couldn't do it. And the bottom line is he needed help. And the Bible says that Aaron and her went up there and they helped him. They, they helped him sit on a rock. They brought a rock over him and they physically held his arms up in the sky all day long until the Israelites won the battle. And I showed this picture in church Mm -hmm. and, um, and I just looked at it and I told the church, um, when I see this picture, I see a wonderful picture of the church today, how we're all in this together. And, um, no, we're not holding up the staff of God. You know, that's not something God's told us to do. You know, that was a, that was a job for Moses, but we hold up the word of God Mm And we, and we obey God's word mm-hmm. and we're obligated to obey mm-hmm. and, and to, to live under what he wants us to do. So we hold that up high and we need help. We need others to come around us. And, and I just, I just challenged the church that you need to be an Aaron and you need to be mm-hmm. a her yeah. to somebody else in this congregation. Mm. I don't know. I it just, was, it, it was a cool thing to hear. I, I heard it um, a little bit before the weekend and I, I just thought it really kind of, changed my thoughts on some of the things that I was going through during the week because that symbolism of just kind of having your arms raised and um, fighting, letting God fight your battles for you and stuff. I thought that was just really powerful. And I thought later, I was like, it would have been really cool while you preached it to have someone up there holding their hands up the whole time. And if they get tired, have someone oh. else come up and help them. And then maybe have a, have a her come up and, you know, help them. And, and, and just for that 20 or 30 minutes while you're preaching, that would be hard. I mean, I mean, people have done CrossFit, you know how hard it is to keep I, your hands. I mean, like who that. would volunteer for that illustration? I would have. <laughs> 
(laughs) Four services in a row. Because I think it's a powerful, like, I think it's something cool to see visually and see, like, we think, oh, I can keep my hands. I mean, our our kids, our boys, oh, I can keep my hands up high that whole time. But you don't realize, like, all day, like, what Moses is going. That's hard to do. And so... It just would have been a powerful visual, I think, to see that and um, just for that. Well, sermon. where were you during the sermon prep well, time? You know, I, we've talked about this before. You <laughs> got to bring me in earlier. But no, I heard it. I heard it earlier in the week because you, you, um, you pre-recorded, and so there. We've been having virtual Joe some of these, some of these weekends. Yes, and can I just say? Can I say something about that? Yeah, I mean, by all means, knock yourself out. Go for it. You got a microphone. Well, when you say virtual, Joe, yeah, um, we we have four services here. We have a mm-hmm. Saturday night and three on Sunday, mm-hmm. and and the technology we have, and the cameras, and the equipment, and the way it's set up, it's it's good enough quality. I can actually pre-record, and the way our team has it set up, and the way that we have this LED wall up on our stage, I mean, it really does look like I'm standing there preaching. I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, it's not. But it's I it's don't a know, but obviously it's not because there have been people that are like oh Joe's not here. It's a full size shot, and if you're not really paying attention, it could confuse you and think it's, am I there or not? And I've it's beautifully done. Our tech team has perfected it. It is actually beautifully and, done. And all of this is in preparation for when we go multi site and we're going to be utilizing this technology. Mm-hmm. And so as we work it out, so we we knew that there's going to be sometimes we're going to try out this technology, and it's a little bit different because I'm actually pre recording to an empty room when we actually broadcast when we're multi-site um it's going to be in it's going to be with the church so there's going to be a lot of people in the room so it won't feel you know it will feel differently but um but this month um i was going to say you you probably want to share why you're doing it's not just so that you can well yeah and i and i no no and i wrote a letter to the church explaining that hey january and february is going to be a little bit off and i told him i said if my preaching schedule seems weird over the over these two months here's why Mm -hmm. and it's because our son neil is a wrestler uh, at his high school and they've got a lot of wrestling matches and And they won the state championship yep the dual state championship they just won on that and um i went to the elders and just talked to him about my desire my son's a senior you know um he is here in a few months is going to graduate and then he's going to be gone and you know the the our relationship is this season of our lives is coming to that natural conclusion and if you've ever if you've ever launched a kid and into that next phase of life everybody knows what i'm talking about and there was just a lot of things coming up in a very short amount of time and stuff that we we couldn't miss yeah stuff that i would kick myself if i missed down the road and and, and so and and so being here every Saturday and Sunday has made that a little bit challenging. And so the elders were super cool about it. They're like, "Yeah, absolutely. Let's yeah. utilize the technology." Let's. And the church was. The I church has the been feedback. super cool. So many people were just like, "Of course you should do this." Well, like, yeah. I, I wish I would have done this. Or that's you know, what's that been is, amazing. I, yeah. I I wrote that letter to the church because I, I was like, "It's going to be so different from these next two months are going to be so different from the norm." And I didn't want people to be thinking. Thinking, man, what's Joe doing? Is he sitting on his couch, you know, you know, eating smokies and, and watching? But what's out. what's he doing? <laughs> and I didn't want them to think that because definitely not what I'm doing. I'm trying to be there for my son and support him on this this final the final leg of the race there. And I well, and on Saturdays usually when you do preach, you have to start getting ready around two or three o'clock, and you're you're at the yeah. I don't just roll in at five at, and yeah. And so it's 
when we have you know wrestling or whatever the, he's usually in a match about that time that's not that's right and so when they won the the dual state championship they finished off the final duel and won the whole thing and it was about 5 30 in the evening yeah. right when i was supposed to be preaching and, and I, I remember thinking i'm so glad i did not miss this but i was actually we, we joked in the car we joked about it on to like <laughs> see how many people were watching and and i was like and hey they're, you know, you're, you're preaching right now. You go, oh yeah, I am preaching. Yeah. Right I now. forgot I was preaching right now. And, <laughs> but our people at our church have been super cool about it. And this won't be the norm. I mean, it come, mm-hmm. you know, when February ends, we write back in the normal routine and, mm-hmm. and uh, I ran in, I had a lunch meeting today and I ran into some ladies having a birthday party, all new lifers. And they, and they said to me, it's the real Joe That's in right. real person. <laughs> and, uh, but they were very complimentary. They were like, Hey, it translates well. We had no problem. And that really meant a lot, you know, but but, you know, um, I've been kind of surprised at how many emails I've gotten. I've had a lot of guys kind of pull me aside in the hallway and they've said things to me like this, man, I really applaud what you're doing mm-hmm. because you don't know how many regrets I have about that very thing. Because mm-hmm. I look back on that season of my life, I let work get in the way or I let too many things I had going on. And so that's been a reaffirming part of this whole thing. So I think maybe there's some residual benefit to that. But um, anyway, so we've been doing virtual, we call it virtual, virtual Joe, virtual Joe which, which is a short season for us. And, but uh, um, can I tell you something else that just touched my heart today? Oh, what's that? Absolutely. I don't even think I've even told you about this. Um, I was uh, this morning, I'd opened up Facebook and um, there's, there's a family in our church and they're, they're little boys fighting cancer. Mm. And so he's been in and out of hospital a lot and, and he's been, been, been really fighting. They got to be really careful with his immune system. Mm-hmm. They're very caught for all, for all the right reasons. Well, they were able to make it back to church this weekend for oh. the first time in quite a while. Yeah. And, and she had posted about the sermon and about Aaron and her oh. holding up Moses's hands. And she just wrote this incredible thing about that's what we're doing for our son. He doesn't have to go through this on his own. We are holding up his hands. Oh. And, and if you haven't read that post, you ought to go back. I think I she should. tagged the church in it. Oh, cool. And it was just, and it was just, uh, it Powerful. really touched my heart. And I thought, you know, it wasn't about me. It was just about, about this picture of what the church is like that yeah. came out of Exodus, our Exodus study. I thought it was, was fascinating. That's and neat. I, and I challenged the church. I said, you need to be an Aaron and a her to somebody. And I really believe that, that we can get there, that, 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 that we can reach a day, no matter how large or small our church ever is, mm-hmm. we can reach a day when not one person at our church is without an Aaron or a her in their life. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's unattainable. Don't you think that's attainable? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, if we're, if we're really all trying to be what God's called us to be and the church is to be what the church is supposed to be, then it makes perfect sense to me that there should not be one person in our church family that does not have an Aaron or a her in their life. And there's not one person in our church family that's not an Aaron and her to somebody else. Yeah. You know, so life well, that's groups, Bible's beautiful do, yeah. about the the life groups. I mean, I mean, we've talked about our life groups several times, and I feel like that's who they are to us, and hopefully, what we are to them too, and and support each other and be there for each other um, in good times and bad, and uh, because we all have them. That's you know right. What I mean, we all need encouragement. We all need support and help, and to know how to navigate this or that, and so. Um, man, if you're not in a life group, I tell you, get in a life group because that is ugh, huge. That's right. Huge for us. 
huge for other families. I know because I've heard so many families talk about, man, if it wasn't for my life group, dot, dot, dot. Oh, man, I I hear it all the time. Man, if it wasn't for my church family, if I didn't have this place, if I didn't, you know, and that's exactly it's because somebody in your world is an Aaron and her to you. You know, Mm -hmm. there was an epiphany that happened with me when I was studying for this sermon. And it was this uh, this realization that when the Israelites were in bondage in Egypt, they didn't have to fight any battles. I don't, I, I don't read anywhere in Exodus so far that they had to draw swords and fight battles. It wasn't until after they were delivered that they realized they had enemies. And isn't that the same thing in our spiritual lives? I mean, when, when you are living in bondage to sin, you have not found freedom in Christ. You've not been rescued yet. Um, I mean, who, what, what battles are you really fighting? You're not, you're on the devil's team at that point. Mm-hmm. But once you come out of that and your eyes are open and you repent of your sins and follow Christ and you become a new creation in him, then all of a sudden you realize the enemies of Christ are now my enemies. Mm-hmm. All the more reason why we need the Aaron and hers in our lives mm-hmm. because we're trying to go down this journey walking with Jesus and, um, and every time that we're trying to hold up the word of God and obey him, um, the enemy's there to try to kick our legs out from under us. Mm-hmm. And so we need those people around us. And so I really believe that maybe one of these underdeveloped gifts in a lot of people is the gift of encouragement. Mm-hmm. And understanding that that is my job. Yeah. Like it says in Hebrews 3.13, encourage one another daily as long as it's called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. And you know, one of the things we were talking about before we, we recorded today is just how like some tangible ways to encourage people. Because so mm-hmm. many times I think people are like, well, I don't, I don't really have anything to do. I don't know what to do. Even just a simple text to encourage them. Or a Bible verse that that has come to your mind or your heart, and just text someone, "Hey, I'm thinking of you. I'm praying for you. Um, I'm here for you." Just sharing just a couple words like that are super meaningful to people. And you know why that you know why that's so meaningful? It's because it reminds somebody I'm not in this by myself, yeah. and there's actually somebody that cares about Someone's me. Thinking of me right now. Somebody's thinking of me. Yeah, I mean it's it's in a way back in the day. A letter, a card in the mail. You remember when, and still now, that's important. So I'm not dismissing that at all. But something that's free, cheap, and easy to access immediately. Um, most of us have access to text, would be a, a quick text message. And so I think that is a tangible way to just encourage someone right now is to pick up your phone and text them and let them know I'm thinking of you. I'm praying for you. I'm here for you. And you know what our society today has lost? They've lost the art of the drop by. Mm. You know that, (laughs) you know, they've lost the art of the, Hey, I'm in the neighborhood and I thought I'd stop by and they just go and knock on, you know, and and nobody expects company anymore. No, I mean the times have changed so much. Mm But never underestimate the power of the, I was nearby, and I just thought I'd knock on your door and And say hello. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you know somebody that that just could, could... just need a nice word of encouragement. Yeah, for sure. No, I think I nowadays, that. nowadays you need to send the text message first. Okay. Can I approach? I'm in the neighborhood. Can I stop by? <laughs> Don't shoot me. <laughs> well, and I think a, a letter and a card is super 
uh, special as well. You know what else can be? If you know somebody that's maybe struggling to come to church or losing their motivation, call them up and say, hey, I want you to sit with me in church. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, I want to sit next to you. Yeah. yeah, I'm saving you a seat. Yeah. And little things like that. I, I challenge the church, like what it says in Hebrews 10, 24, consider how we can spur one another on towards love and good deeds. That word consider, it's like, think about it. Contemplate. Get a get a plan together. Mm-hmm. Be purposeful. Be intentional in the moment. Mm-hmm. Consider how you can spur one another on. And then it says, not giving up meeting together. So, church is a huge piece of that puzzle. Yeah. We need the encouragement of uh, of others, um, but encourage one another. And so, there's something connected with being together with the body of Christ and encouragement. It's like that old saying, like, um, and I'm sure many of you've heard this before, but but. Um, you know, the reason why charcoal works is because all the little pieces of charcoal are so close together, they burn hot. But what happens if one piece of charcoal falls off the pile off by itself? It burns out quickly. Why? Mm-hmm. Because it's by itself. It needs the heat of the group to stay going. Mm-hmm. And it's like that with the church. We burn hot when we're together, but if we trickle out or move away from the body, Stop it's really hard to, yep. to keep your heat going. So, you know, little things. And it, and I think you said it right. How do I encourage one another? It's in the little things, not the big things. Mm-hmm. It's the little things mm-hmm. that really, really matter. And so I, I guess, you know, my takeaway from this sermon is, well, there's several, there's a lot, but honestly, are you an Aaron or a her to somebody and um, make a huge difference for the Lord? That's all for today's show. We want to thank our amazing producer, Abby O'Brien. Be sure to check out our show notes and the links for things that we talked about today. And don't forget to subscribe. Thanks for joining us on Under Under the the Hood. Hood, not a car show. Joe, do you love the holiday Valentine's Day? Do you want me to answer that truthfully? Yeah. Do I love Valentine's Day? Yeah. <sighs> oh my word. You're so dramatic. Here's the deal. I love Valentine's Day. It's a Day. lot of pressure. Why? <laughs> Do I need to answer that? <laughs> I mean, I'm I pretty much just tell you what to get me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs>